the dawn of civilization. Primitive, dangerous, exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs the most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. This is James from Cave Dweller Music. I'm joined today by my co-host Brendan. And today we have a special guest from Norway. Uh, Ole from the band Nadir is with us. They are a black metal four-piece and uh, they're here to tell us a bit about Norwegian black metal. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, thank you. For anyone who doesn't know you or know your music, do you want to maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do in the band and a little bit about the band? Yeah, sure. Love to. So my name is Ole. I'm uh, the guitarist and vocalist and also the, uh, let's say, uh, the uh, creator of the music in many ways of Nadir. Uh, Nadir is or was supposed to be uh, like a traditional black metal band, but I guess it's um, like a amalgamation of a lot of different stuff. So, but the, the baseline is in uh, rooted in black metal. Definitely. Yeah, it shows through. Um, and obviously, this is your first full-length album, right? You had, I believe, an EP before this and then this one. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we gave uh, we released an EP in 2020, so I've been working uh, on this Extinction Rituals album now for, for two years. Fantastic. And uh, what's the reception been like? Uh, have people sort of been picking up what you were trying to put down? It's been really good, actually. Uh, we self-released this, uh, and uh, the amount of people we've reached and uh, the the feedback we've uh, received is uh, is really really great. So it's good to see that the metal community is alive and well, and uh, that they like our music. So yeah, we're beyond stoked, actually. That's awesome. Glad glad to hear that. And you were working with um, it was uh, viral propaganda PR, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're excellent. I used to work. Uh, yeah, I used to work in a in a record co- record label here in in Norway called Fysisk Format, and uh, we uh, always used uh, David there. So he's a really good guy. Definitely, he uh, he actually put me on to you guys. Uh, he sent me a message on Twitter, and he's like, "Hey, like, do you have any spots coming up? I have some bands that would love to talk." So, yeah, he's definitely great at his job. Yeah, uh, Brendan. I know you had some some really interesting questions about Norway. Um, so I want you to ask those first, actually, and then we'll, we'll carry on talking about music. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I always, look, I always like to look into the food and stuff that's around there and whatnot. And then um, the sausages from, I'm going to say it wrong, but uh, from Saivurkensai, Ken? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually vegan as well. So the sausages, uh, I'm, the, I'm not sure I'm the the right guy to ask. Right on. Well then, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll probably scrap that one there then. What are some? Uh, what are are there any like Norwegian vegan or vegetarian dishes that people should try? Uh, you know, uh, Norwegian uh, like um, Norwegian food uh, is quite uh, quite boring. I would say it's. Uh, not uh, not the most exciting uh, cuisine in the world, but we have some uh, really good um, potato dumplings. It's called uh, kumle. Nice. Uh, really one. Uh, if you if you ever come to Norway, you should try that. Awesome. That's, nice. Uh, I love dumplings. Those are really good. You put all kinds of neat veggies and stuff in them too. You know. 
Yeah, I, traditionally I, it's like um, sheep's meat in the middle of these dumplings. Yeah, and mutton. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I always find it interesting how many different cultures have dumplings uh, around the world and, and how each one has a completely different variation of, of the shape, like the texture of the made of and the fillings. It's like, uh, it's just such a common dish globally. It's rooted deep into the humanity with the, with the dumplings. Definitely. Dumplings and pyramids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> dumplings and pyramids. And uh, I actually, I went to this... Uh, museum exhibit at a, it's like a cultural museum in san diego where i live and they had uh the history of beer and it was like uh looking at throughout history how every culture had their own version of it basically brewed from completely different things and um yeah it's just one of those things that sprung up everywhere and developed separately but was basically the same this is pretty fascinating yeah yeah in the, in the nordics we have uh we have mead like this honey drink Mm-hmm. yeah it's like famous from the vikings so it's like our our early version of of beer yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh it's really strong i uh, actually had some um two nights ago for the first time in years and uh, i forgot how sweet it is it's yeah, really it's, sweet yeah well it's made with honey i have a friend mm. who makes it and um he makes with with uh like different fruits and things like that you know so then uh it gains like the characteristics from those, which is really neat. Takes them like six months or so. Wow. That's pretty cool. So black metal wise, uh, we're going to jump back and forth between music and other stuff. Um, but <laughs> black metal wise, uh, who would you sort of say are some of your biggest influences as a band who inspired your sound? Uh, oh, that's a tough one. You know, for me, it's like uh, black metal reached its peak at like the late nineties, maybe early two thousands. So I'm a big fan of of the sound from um, you know East album from Enslaved or um, the Talk albums. Um, mm-hmm. I think that kind of sound is really really nice, like the melodic and and really powerful uh, powerful tunes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. Yeah, that's uh, for me. It's definitely like the best best era of back metal, and for me, it's also really nice to see. Uh, that some of this uh, this uh, music is coming back, like in in the inspirations of of new newer music. So, I don't know if you've heard the the old the new um, Imperium Decadence. I can definitely hear like this kind of music in their in their newest album. So it's really cool. No, I haven't heard that one yet. I'm gonna have to to check that out. Yeah, I always write down new stuff too. So, are there, uh, I mean, in the scene where you are, are there any other bands kind of making this type of, in Norway right now? Like, are you aware of any other bands in the, the national scene that are kind of doing the same sort of sound as you guys? Or is it, are you kind of branching out from the norm at the moment? Uh, I would say there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of band doing weird stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Not exactly like us, but the, the Daimskog, they just released a new album. It's really fantastic, but not in the... It's not, I would say, maybe comparable to our style. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of bands in Norway doing a lot of cool and weird stuff. Um, Godheim's got I a think, fantastic, excellent. Oh band. yeah, the new album is is so good. But uh, I think for our part, like my my um, my influence is like more. Um, sludge and and uh, some you know some uh, metallic hardcore stuff uh awesome. try to mix that into 
to to my particular brand of of black metal, uh, and I don't know of anyone uh, here in Norway uh, with those kinds of inspirations that that we have. Right. Have you ever listened to a band called uh, Lord Mantis? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love those guys. I think they're one of the best bands that use uh, sludge and black metal. The way that they they marry the two is just awesome. Yeah, that's really good. That uh, yeah. that last that last full length they did was like in, that was my album of the year when that came out. I absolutely loved that release. Oh yeah, they're really really good. Uh, Brendan's actually our sludge expert. <laughs> he's uh, and, hard, and hardcore. So yeah. you guys would share some passions there. Oh, they're definitely great, man. Yeah, they um, actually share, uh, I think on one album, they shared um, a member from Indian. Yes. Which is yep. an amazing sludge band. Those and guys. Indian's just, great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those they, guys are um, great. Are Indians still putting stuff out? I think they haven't done anything since like 2014 or something, right? Like that was the last. Uh, Didn't they no, just no. put something out? I'm not sure though, but I think it's. Like I want to say they, they were doing some shows recently or have some coming up. I'm just having a look now. It says online that the last thing they the last thing they did was a live album in 2015. It looks like they haven't done anything mm. in a while. Um, oh, really? I think the last thing they were on was a relapse sampler in 2020. Mm. That's a shame. I love those dudes. But I think um, who is he in? One of them's. I think the vocalist is in another band. Yeah, it was a vocalist that was in Lord Mantis. Uh, not now, but he was. Hmm. And then the other vocalist, uh, the guy whose vocals was vocals to the end, was in Abigail Williams as well, which I did not realize. And Wolves in the Throne Room. <laughs> ah, really? Yeah, I had no idea. And also <laughs> uh, Nachbistium. Wow, it's been a lot yeah. of black metal bands. It's always it's always gotcha. like weird to see like all these guys um, in like bands you you didn't even know of. Like, right? You had no idea that they remember. It's like. Yeah. Um, it's like that whole thing with uh, which album is it? Uh, Painkiller from Judas Priest with the bass. It came out like who, the bass player wasn't actually who they said it was on the the album credits. <laughs> like years and really? years and years. Yeah, years later. Um, who was it? I think it only came out like two or three years ago or something. Um, one second. It was everyone was shocked. That's uh, new information for me. That's pretty cool. Ah, there it is. Uh, it was the keyboardist from Deep Purple. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he said he record. He came out in 2020 and said that he recorded a bunch of the bass parts on the album, but they never credited him. So, yeah, Deep Deep Purple did a a member of Deep Purple did uh, Judas Priest. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, so there's actually there was something I was going to ask you as well uh, about. Um, so, are you planning to continue to put out music independently, or are you looking at some point to to work with the label? You know, we were looking around for a little bit, um, trying to get some uh, someone to release the album. But in the end, we decided it's not worth the wait. Uh, so uh, we put it out ourselves. Of course, if somebody down the line wants to do it like a physical release, that would be great. If not, we're trying to um, to do that ourselves. Um, we're already working on on the follow up album, so hopefully we'll get someone to do that. But We'll see. If not, you know, this day and age, it's not a big problem to do a, to do a self release. Um, yeah. And um, as yeah, for for our like um, experience now, it's uh, actually quite good. Just uh, you skip the middleman and you can do everything yourself. Right. Of course, you have to take all of the costs yourself as well. But mm -hmm. uh, 
It's uh, been for us the release of Extinction Ritual has been quite uh, it's quite a nice experience actually. It's great to hear. It's uh, I mean CDs these days are so easily doable. Like uh, yourself, I, I know so many guys independently release their own CDs, but it's when you start doing vinyl, it gets like uh, kind of costly and risky. Because um, if, if if you use the band, do the vinyl, you take all of the risk of selling it to make back the money you spent pressing it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we were discussing that uh, actually uh, in the band if we're going to do like uh, cassettes and CDs because it's not mm -hmm. really expensive and it's easy right. to do. But uh, I guess like cassettes, a lot of people buy it because it's it's cheap and it's like cool. Mm -hmm. But CDs, I don't know. Do people buy CDs anymore? I don't know. Definitely, yeah. I, I um. So I yeah, I have two friends. One of them runs a CD and uh, a CD a CD record label. And the other guy just does independent stuff and they both sell a ton of CDs. Uh, every every mm -hmm. album they put out, people still buy. But they're, they're really smart about the price point. So they make it affordable. Um, I think if you make a CD too expensive, people are always going to pay for the vinyl. People aren't going to buy the CD because you want the price point pretty wide between the two, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. You don't want to sell a CD for like 18 bucks and then sell a vinyl for 25 and you're like, oh. Right. Yeah. They're selling their CDs for like, nine ten dollars type thing which is like most people it's like oh well if i buy the digital release on Bandcamp, that's like six bucks or i can spend like four dollars more and get the a cd for 10 so i'll do that yeah mm -hmm. and the digital usually right yeah. yeah you get you get the digital copy when you buy the cd anyway on Bandcamp. so mm. yeah that's one thing that's also like took me by surprise is like how great the Bandcamp community is for oh, yeah. black metal in this uh in particular it's really really great Mm -hmm. And uh, we're super grateful for all, like all the people that bought our our album dig digitally. It's uh, yeah, it's really cool to see. Mm, it's fantastic. We we always support Bandcamp. Like that's our go to platform for our site. We always promote Bandcamp. We yeah, it's it's definitely the most artist friendly of any of the communities. Oh 100%. yeah, I mean it's easy for us to use. You know, on, on our side. So I know mm -hmm. it looks good. You know and people that know about music and want to support artists like them pretty that's sure that's know. like their go-to as well otherwise you know they're going to their the band's personal web pages and whatnot but a lot of it diverts it right back to Bandcamp. well yeah. i I, I find a lot of my stuff through Bandcamp because it has that search functionality where you can put in like um like just a genre, genre. and then you can say yeah. search, search by this genre and then you can actually choose locations and stuff and search by country so that's that's what we do a lot of the time to find bands from countries that don't get covered as much is like put in something like black metal and then go like, you know, like Peru and then see what's coming out in the Peruvian scene and stuff like that. It's really cool that, that it lets you do that. Yeah. Well, that's great. And uh, I think I, I might be wrong, but I think at least here in Norway it's, might be a little bit overlooked by some, uh, some bands. So definitely people should, should start using uh, Bandcamp a lot more. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of I think that's not just a Norwegian problem. It's the same in the US. There's, there's quite a few bands that everything goes to Spotify. I think that like, uh, you have to be on Spotify to make money type thing or to, to be noticed. But I uh, I'm not a big fan of Spotify personally. Um, there's better companies out there. There's more artist friendly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Title for one is as Brendan and I are both like big fans of yeah, Title. Yeah. Um, like all my listening is done between Bandcamp and Title, but um, Pretty they. Much. YouTube. a lot a lot more per stream um than than spotify does like considerably 
I think uh, to make a dollar, a band has to stream 70 times on Tidal or 380 on Bandcamp, I mean, on uh, Spotify. Mm. So it's yeah, And you also have the lossless streaming in, in uh, Tidal. Exactly, you do. Uh, the master quality lossless streaming is fantastic. Um, right. And then they have like some nice little features and stuff like uh, each month, if uh, if you have like the premium membership, each month a portion of your uh, subscription goes to your most listened artist. So they get like $5 out of your 15 in their account type thing. If you listen to them more than anyone else that month, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but like for me, streaming changed the way that I listen to music a lot of the time. Um, it it kind of like changed my approach to music. When I was before streaming, everything was physical, obviously. So like whenever I would buy a CD, I would listen to it like a couple of times as soon as I got it type thing. So, you know, I'd get like really get it down but when now that i have streaming platforms I'll, I'll get a new album i'll listen to it and they're like that was really great but i'll move on to the next thing and then come back to it later did you kind of find that you changed the way you listen to music a bit since streaming happened oh yeah a hundred percent uh like before streaming i would i would listen to listen to full albums uh mm-hmm. but now i and, and then maybe i would uh, maybe i would listen to like you said, like an artist for a little while and then change. But now mm-hmm. I change through uh, through the different artists like all the time. And like the the amount of different uh, genres and artists and whatever, it's, it's like um, it's uh, varies quite a lot. And, and mm-hmm. I would say actually that I listen to more music now than than I, I did back then. Me too. Definitely, so, definitely more. Um, and uh, easy to discover as well exactly i think, yeah. I think there's, like a, there's a trade-off where you discover more music and, and you explore more but i feel like you don't get to know artists as deeply as you used to um especially because like when you used to have a cd you have the, the word book and you look through and see the band pictures and the lyrics and stuff like that and you kind of like connect to the album a little more um i think it was mm. you formed a deeper connection with physical media a little bit oh yeah i think yeah, like apparently. back in the days you you would probably have like more mega fans of a band that yeah. you have now and i was like yeah i like those and it's not like the love uh love hate uh connection now it's more like like or dislike you know but for me i have uh like a really obsessive uh uh personality when it comes to music so if i find a band i like i will listen to like one album for a month straight almost That's awesome. and then yeah then uh Try to. I have to like try and listen to other things so I don't get uh, too obsessed with uh, with those uh, albums. Right. What are uh, what are a couple of albums that you have become obsessed with in the past year or so? Like, what's some stuff that's really stood out to you? Uh, you know, lately it's been the the Imperium uh, Decadence album that I talked about. Yeah. And uh, right now it's uh, it's uh, the Diamonds Girl and uh, the new Cattle uh, Decapitation album. Also, yeah, that, really, really that one's good. good. Yeah, I I, I thought it was the best thing they've done since Monolith. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. It's uh, so really really groovy underneath, but it's still super aggressive. I yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and also a band called uh, Hath, I think it's called. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I know them. Yes, mm-hmm. they're great. They did, uh, I want to say their album cover is like red or something right now. They just put out right. Yeah, red, red and yellow. Um. It's got the skull on the front, um, like the the elephant graveyard looking type thing, but it's a human skull with like a person sitting in the eye. Mm. Uh, it's, all that was promised is the new album. Yeah, yeah, that's that's solid. Have you heard the new um, 
Frozen Soul that came out yesterday uh, on a Friday. Uh, I've just heard the singles actually. I haven't heard the the whole album yet. It's really good. I uh, I listened to it yesterday morning for the first time in full. Like uh, excellent ball thrower worship. Yeah, yeah. I I liked the, their previous stuff, so I'm quite excited to to check it out. Sometimes it's it's nice to just have some like you know caveman uh, death metal uh, in your face yeah. uh, stuff. <laughs> They stepped it up this this album with the uh the riffs though. It's like it's just absolutely stock full of super catchy riffs and uh some cool guest appearances. I have Matt Heafy on one of the tracks, uh, which is oh. kind of interesting. Um and then they threw in a bunch of uh interesting electronic stuff. Like uh a lot of the tracks have like a electronic intro that leads been before the the middle portion starts, which is kind of cool. Yeah, like synths, uh synths and stuff. Yeah, like synths and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's kind of yeah. interesting. And nice. I'm gonna get, gonna check that out after after this, maybe. <laughs> awesome. Um, the other one that, that I listened to, uh, I mean, it's a massive undertaking. Uh, came out the twelfth or fifteenth. Was um, I'm not sure I say it correctly. Esco uh, Trillum. Have you have you heard of that one? It's uh, that oh, one's called Astral Constellations of the Magic Zodiac. He's from France. Yeah, yeah he's no. from France. He he released a it's a hundred and thirty minute album, um, oh, yeah, across three three discs, and it came out on I Void Hanger, and uh, it's it's like avant garde black metal, and it's just epic. Um, it's like a concept album telling the story of this intergalactic war between these celestial beings. Um, yeah, it's check it out. It's it's a good time, but it's like. I didn't I didn't listen to it in one go because I just didn't have 130 minutes uh <laughs> spare. But you can kind of break it down into the three parts because it does have three chapters. Mm. Okay, nice. Yeah, the album, yeah. Art, interesting. album art is awesome as well. It's like uh this massive space bull in bright blue with like red light shining out of it and a naked woman. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> yeah. What about you, Brendan? Anything stood out to you at the moment? Uh, I've been putting down the new Casey Estrain album EPs. They released two of them um, in a row, um, and I've been loving it. One's like like twenty three minutes long, and it's like all fillers, like or no no fillers. It's all just smash, smash, smash. And then uh, the other one is uh, had um, Ethan McCarthy from Primitive Man on a track. Um, had uh, Dylan Walker from Full Hell on another one, and I can't oh. remember the third one, um, but they're all a lot longer, like 12, 15 minute long tracks. And then, so that they, it's crazy. They're both like, it's like the Yin and Yang albums, I guess, but they're just fucking really nice. I've been just kind of nonstop with those. It's kind of and cool. uh, Chain to the Bottom of the Ocean, that new oh, album yeah. they put out is really impressive. Very good. Uh, there, he's actually coming on our podcast next month, so it'd be cool to talk to him about that. Yeah. Um, oh, there's one other one that's been incredible. I actually probably rank it as my album of the year. Um, it came out of Russia on May 12th. Uh, have you heard Thanatomus? It's no. on my uh, my list to listen to. So there's this um, Russian band that based their style on, uh, you know, Sarcophago, their first album, Enri? Yeah. Uh, that, that's basically like... Sarcophagos Inri, um, mixed with this. Like they said, they're also inspired by this German band called uh, Catharsis with a K. Um, but it's 
probably one of the rawest albums I've ever heard in my life. Like the production is like, I guess the best word is like bestial. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, they, they, they tone down the, uh, the guitar and the vocals to sound like super cavernous. Um, but the drums come through super clear and heavy and they've got these like really rhythmic uh, kind of ritualistic drum patterns that just like smash through everything else. Um, and then the vocals are just like ridiculous. Uh, yeah, definitely. If you like black metal, hundred percent recommend it. Nice. What did, what did you call this uh, band? Uh, it's Thanatomas. So T H A N A T O M A S S, and the okay. uh, the album's called Hades. Nice. And the album art is just awesome as well. Matches matches the album. It's uh they got released on who put that one out? They were on a bunch of labels. It was on a uh, Nomad Snake Pit, Living Temple, and some label I hadn't heard of called LVX Morganstone. But uh, they don't have any socials or anything like that. I, maybe because of what's happening with Russia and the social mm. media blocks and stuff. But yeah, that's no socials, just on Bandcamp and the streaming platforms. Exciting. Is there anything coming up uh, for the band that uh, you have planned? Like any tours, like live shows, anything like that? Uh, no, not right now. Actually, we're gonna do some some shows in uh, in the fall. But uh, our drummer, he is um, he is uh, working. Uh, like a rigger uh, for festivals and stuff, and they also okay. do uh, teching for for bands like Emperor and 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 stuff. So so he work he works uh, quite a lot during the summer. So uh, the fall is the time for us to uh, do uh, do some gigging. Awesome. I mean, he must have some connections through all that work that he does with those bands for you guys to play with. Yeah. So hopefully we get to use those. <laughs> awesome. um, yeah, we are like uh, kind of uh, in a relaxed space right now because yeah, we're working on the album number two and uh, we're trying to be a little bit picky about the stuff that we do uh, because we don't have like all the all the time in the world. So we want to do like quality stuff when we first uh, do something. That's the right way to do it. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, qu quality over quantity. Yeah. So yeah, we're lucky as well because... Yeah, I don't know if, know if you know, but uh, the the album and also as well as the EP as well, we did everything uh, like we took recorded everything in our rehearsal space, so we can take our time and adjust everything uh, the way we want it. And if we want, we can go back and fix stuff. It's like no big deal. Uh, so it makes it really easy to to record for us. It's really comfortable. That's awesome. I actually had no idea you did that. Um, it sounds like a professional studio, so you did a great job recording. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we uh, we spent a lot of time tweaking, uh, getting everything right. And also we got our friend uh, Ruben Willem to to do the mixing and, and the mastering. So uh, he did a really, really great job. And uh, I think we talked with him uh, about like involving him a little bit more in the process on the, uh, on the next album. So hopefully it will be even better trying to sound uh, a little bit uh, bigger maybe for the next album. Awesome. Are you going to kind of uh, aim for the same sort of mix between black metal and like this little sludge influences? Are you going to change up the mix or? It's hard to say, you know, because uh, the uh, Extinction Rituals album, um, we didn't really aim for uh, any particular sounds. Uh, my, uh, my thoughts was always like, okay, let's do a black metal album. And it, just like gradually like slip this way or that way and uh, it's like uh, yeah. maybe it's like natural for me to do uh, these kinds of uh, 
genre bending stuff i don't know mm -hmm. but uh we'll see how uh how the next album turns out uh, i al already written some of the songs and uh, oh, wow. there's some uh some slower doom stuff in there uh as well nice. as some more like i would say yeah early 2000 black metal uh, really melodic stuff so um yeah it's gonna have uh, at least gonna have an epic vibe over it awesome very exciting hell yeah um, Brendan, did you have some questions you want to ask as well? I know you had some other oh, stuff you um, to talk about. Who um who got you or influenced into um guitar? Uh yeah, that's a good question. I think it was my parents uh back in the day. Yeah. They wanted me to play uh, classical guitar. So uh that's the way I started when I was ten years, ten years old. Started doing like the classical uh, stuff. And then um after a while, you know. I got introduced to Iron Maiden, so then was uh, I needed to get a electric guitar, and uh, and then there's no way back. Yeah. So nice. uh, yeah, I think I first listened to to Iron Maiden like has to be like sixth, sixth grade or something, and uh, since then I've been a metalhead. Nice. Yeah, no, it's definitely awesome guitar work you got going on. Who um who got you into the vocals? Is, is that uh just out of necessity, or um were you uh doing that as well? Uh, that's mainly out of necessity. Um, I I started out playing guitar in bands, uh, but then uh, uh, a while ago we were starting. Uh, me and my friends were starting a band called Jagged Vision, uh, and um. Uh, we didn't have any uh, we didn't have any vocalists so then uh, that job fell on me uh, yeah so we did that did that band for uh, for uh, quite some years and it was great fun to just just be a vocalist but uh, in the end I think I'm a, a little bit um, introverted so so being like the full-on um, main guy at the band is it's quite uh, demanding so it's nice yeah. to have a guitar to hide behind. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And um, have you guys done um any uh live shows around or? Yeah, we done uh, done some uh, shows with uh, Nadir. Uh, only in Norway so far, but uh, yeah, okay. a couple of weeks ago we did uh, did the Inferno Fest uh, festival here in Norway. So got to uh, play with a lot of uh, a lot of great bands. Nice. What was um. What when uh, did you play? Did you play at night or during the day or? Oh yeah, we played uh, played early. Yeah. Yeah, we are just starting to to play live, so uh, like a new band. Gotcha. No, that's cool. Um, did, was that was it a good experience for you guys? Playing. Yeah, uh... it's always uh, yeah, it's always great fun to play live. Um, it's uh, really interesting to 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 try. The songs that you've been working on in the in the in the rehearsal space and see where where they go like uh, we already see that we're gonna do some some changes to 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 some stuff and and uh, it's always nice to yeah to test out test it out nice uh what's your uh your favorite venue to play at like your local spot uh in uh in oslo there's this um this bar called uh, Kneven or uh, the Knife, and they uh, they share a, a venue with another bar called uh, Revolver. So 
the basement there is like a great uh, club club place to play like really intimate and uh, crazy crazy gigs. Nice. And then, um, what's your uh, favorite song to play live that you guys do? Yeah, that's uh, that's a tough one. From the from the new album, I would say maybe Absolute. That's a that's a favorite of mine. At least I don't. I know it's not the favorite of the rest of the guys. I think they uh, prefer uh, maybe Extinction Rituals. Um, and it's also really fun uh, to play Trishul of the of the EP. Yeah, it's more like a straightforward uh, heavy song. Oh yeah. That that kind of ties it up for me, James. Awesome. I have uh, I just have like two more questions for you then. Um, well, actually, we'll make it three. Uh, one, if you could play with any artist or musician or band, alive or dead, who would it be? Ooh, Sorry, it's, uh, it's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, uh, any artists? I don't know. It would be would be cool to to play with uh, Randy Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah, the man could shred. Like the, the first first one that comes to mind, but uh, that's that's really a tough one. His uh, his death was like such an absolute like the odds of that happening was so low. It's just crazy that that yeah. happened. Insane, Brendan. You know how he how he passed, right? Um, I'm trying to remember. I um, the the a plane crashed into the. It was the tour bus, wasn't it? It hit the, uh, the bus. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the bus. I think they were, they were on tour. Uh, was, he was with Ozzy. Um, and uh, like a little small passenger plane, like two person or something, crashed into the, the tour bus and killed him. Dang. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a freak, completely, now. completely freak In Florida? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's wild. The other question I was going to ask is it's also going to put you on the spot. I'm sorry. Is, uh, if if you could okay so if you were stranded on a desert island and you had a solar powered discman like the cd player um and you only had three cds to listen to until you're rescued what would they be Ooh, that's uh i should be smart and say uh, the new mac DeMarco with the 299 songs or whatever it is but <laughs> i don't know if i would uh, enjoy that <laughs> uh, oh shit yeah, it's definitely a toughie. Yeah, I would. I never go. I never grow tired of the uh, Seven Son of a Seven Son album. Um, the, the Maiden one. Yeah, and uh, oh shit, this is an even tougher uh, question than uh, than before. <laughs> Take your time. It's uh, it, we understand as well. There's one of those things where depending on your mood, when you get asked the question, you, you people give different answers, and what they've been listening <laughs> to lately changes as well. So. Yeah. Oh, let me see. It would have to be, I think, uh, the uh, Eternal Kingdom album of Cult of Luna. Okay. That's a really good one for me. And uh, maybe, what's it called? Blessed Black Wings, like the High Empire album. Yes. Yep. Uh, I really it's love that album. one. Yeah. And... Uh, hmm. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to go with the uh, seven son of a seven son. Great, that's yeah, a good good spread. You got some variety there. Yeah, you got yeah. It. I think yeah, yeah. I won't go grow tired of those albums. I I already listen to them quite a lot, and uh, I know I I will will never go go tired of them. 
Yeah. And I mean, you definitely put some thought into it and you chose those. So they're the right answers. We we have some people that I, cause I ask every single person that comes on the show, this question. Um, and some people like <laughs> respond within like three seconds, like boom, here's three, like, three albums. It's like, wow. Like you really came to that conclusion fast. But uh, so the last question I have is um, if people want to listen to your music or follow you on social media, uh or buy anything from you like from the band what what are the best places to do all of that yeah well it's going to be a uh, band camp you know we uh that's the only place you can buy uh shirts from us and it's um also like the best way to to support us by, by buying the album uh, digitally mm-hmm. um so we have big big ups to uh to Bandcamp for making it easy for artists to get supported by their fans yeah definitely and socials, you're on um, you're on Instagram definitely because I message you through there. You're on Facebook as well, or yeah, yeah. Okay. Although uh, Facebook is, uh, I don't know what I think about Facebook is uh, turning into like uh, I don't know a place for uh, grandparents. I would say. <laughs> yeah, I just like I I definitely prefer Instagram to Facebook, but I just wish you could have links in your posts yeah. that were clickable. That's like the one yeah. thing that makes it so much harder for music is that you can't like go to an album. You have to go to LinkedIn bio and stuff like that. It's like really right. frustrating in that sense. Yeah. It's, it's always the LinkedIn bio. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the best of all the social media platforms for functionality. And I only discovered this this year is by far Tumblr. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. By far you can, you can lay out your posts with like, um, embedded music players and youtube videos as well as links to articles like you can do multiple media embeds in in your posts which is awesome mm-hmm. um huh. and you can actually like hyperlink to other things in your posts as well so it's like basically like writing a uh like a word doc but uh, with full-on embeds so like if you want to lay out like a post about an album so like we post reviews obviously you, you do like a heading title subtitle image body of the text uh the actual Bandcamp embed, if you want Spotify embed as well, a YouTube video, and then hashtags, hmm. which is really cool. I didn't think people used the uh, Tumblr. Yeah, I know. That, that's the downside. It's like the audience base is so much smaller than the other platforms, but it has such good functionality. Hmm. It'd be really cool to see Facebook add, add features like that because I think a lot more people would use it if you could do cool stuff like that. Yeah, I was... <laughs> Make it easy. I was using Facebook the other day and I started thinking like at one point, maybe even now it's has to be like more dead people than uh, alive <laughs> because always yeah, I have like when, when you're browsing Facebook and suddenly it was like, Oh shit, this guy, I know him, but he's dead now. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Now I, I have a few people I know that have passed that are still on Facebook. I know what you mean. The, the accounts don't get taken down. Some people keep them active, like family members will post on like the anniversary of their death or like the on their birthday or something. But most of them are just idle accounts sitting there. I, yeah, I imagine yeah. they they should clean those up or something. Do like a, a cleanse of inactive accounts. Yeah, it's going to be a graveyard. Yeah, but it's weird because Facebook gives the feeling that it's dying, but they're they're growing because I, I work in social media marketing. It's my my mm-hmm. nine to five job. Um, their growth is still increasing. They're, they're actually like still growing faster than a lot of other platforms. I just don't know where it's coming from because it doesn't feel that way when, you, when you're on Facebook. Yeah. It, it may be from other parts of the world, like different circles that, you know, that mm. we, don't, we don't see. 
um, sifting through the ads. Right. Well, Facebook kind of like geo segregates people, language segregates people. Like, you, you know, you don't see like Japanese posts or like you don't see like uh, Spanish language posts unless you follow a bunch of Spanish pages or something like that. So you don't really see whole worlds on Facebook that are like kind of kept separate. Hmm. Yeah. Then we'll see. We'll all migrate back to MySpace. <laughs> Hang out with Tom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no algorithm to feed. I do. No I do. Well, I really liked early Facebook. Like when it first started out, the algorithm, like there wasn't this toxic algorithm. It was like, you just saw your friend's posts. Like if, if your friend posted something, you would see it. Like now it's like troll through 15 ads. And as you followed that friend recently, a comment on something you won't see his post at all type thing. Yeah. That's quite weird. I don't know. You guys mentioned Twitter as well. Yep. Uh, I don't know how much you use it, but for me, also like the algorithms, rhythms there has been, seems like it's been altered. Yep. For me, yeah, I, it's, it's all of a sudden it's like all these kinds of violence videos and murders and stuff. Super weird. It's, I think yeah, it's because nice. um, when Elon Musk bought the company, he fired a lot of the uh, moderators and censor stuff. So a lot of stuff that wasn't coming through is now coming through. They're not being blocked. It, it definitely has changed. You're right. Yeah, it, yeah. it feels very different. It's also like a, it's a lot less active than it was before. Mm, yeah. I stopped using it. It's It, it got too dark. Huh. I, I haven't had that experience. That is strange that you could, you're getting all that stuff in your algorithm. It's mm. weird. I guess it depends. I don't know. I mean, you usually it's like kind of if you like this page and follow these people, it does all like things with like things, kind of. No, at but least I it, found. I'm very new more, to Twitter, so I don't know. Well, the algorithms on the socials is like it's really scary. It, it, it takes what you search for on Google, and that's how it advertises to you. Like they, it, it like it tracks your your online presence and your online activity outside of the, um, outside of the platform, which is kind of creepy, in my opinion. Yeah, it's definitely Well, I mean, like you'll look up something on Amazon. Say, say you're looking at like I don't know protein supplements or something on Amazon. Two days later, you go on Facebook and it'll come up with ads for, the, for that brand of protein supplement. Right, right. Uh, don't forget. Yeah, don't forget you want this. Like it's, it's, <laughs> sacrifice. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's a little dystopian. <laughs> but. uh Anyway, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Um, is there anything else you just want to mention or, or talk about quickly before we wrap up? Or you think you covered everything? I think so, yeah. Thank you for having me. I had a, had a blast. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. And uh, we're looking forward to the next album. Definitely going to check that one out. Yeah. Cool. To everyone listening at home, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, come back next time for another guest. 